Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, I I listened to music this morning because that's what my uh, that was a prescription I got from uh, from the producer. He says you need music. You need to listen to music. You're too messed up. You need music. You need so something to, to perk you. need to perk up a little bit. No, so it, I, it's I, like I it's a prescription. It's a medical prescription. Is it? I, I, is I'm it? taking music. Music is medication for me. Dr. Jerry, then I tripped. Him, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds yeah. about right. Hey, hey, mm. we're the we're the bro show. If you've never listened to the show before, we are the brothers Daniels, the Daniels boys. We were known yeah. as mm-hmm. yeah, Cedar Hill and Dittmer, Jefferson County. We were renowned. Not, not. No, we were not renowned. Oh, but we are. Cougar Pompadour yeah. Daniels. Let's face it, I was yeah. the. You were. I was the tear. I was the celebrity of Dittmer, Missouri. <laughs> you were. You would make women howl. <laughs> you would make them howl. That's why they called you Cougar. They called you yes. Cougar because you had a, a tremendous pompadour, and when you played the trombone, <laughs> the legs of your overalls would go up. You'd show leg. Oh, yeah, I would. Okay, yeah. we're, we're taking that show to Vegas. That's what we should. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are digressing. Okay, so that's John you just heard. I'm Jerry. We are actual brothers, not this hey brother kind of thing. You know, we're the real deal. We talk about four things. And if you stick around, you're going to find out what they are. And we make t-shirts just for the hell of it. And, uh, John, what t-shirt are you wearing today? I am wearing the original. The, the fist bump, uh, black and white. Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's impressive. It's still, it, it, it wears well. It makes you yeah. feel good. It, it, it's yeah. sort of like I'm going back to my roots. It's all roots. Four years ago when we began this journey, this journey. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are in season eight. We have a season every six months, and this is the season of the ox. And it's pretty, pretty nice deal. Hey, speaking of T-shirts, I'm wearing uh, the wolf T-shirt. I live here, too. It says, the oh. wolf. It says wolf on the front of it. Yeah. All oh, the you, money you, goes. You know where the money yeah. goes, John? Well, the one for this goes to the that uh, beautiful, wonderful nonprofit that helps uh, rock and rollers uh, no, do something no, beyond drugs. No, no. Oh no. no, that was last week. This one is the oh. one that helps the Center for Humans in Nature. Sorry. This goes to yeah. This goes to an environmental group. Not enough music. John just happens to work for. You you got music on the head because you just listened to uh, Check Yes Juliet. Thanks for one giving me a songs. sorry ass excuse for my bad boy behavior. That's okay. You're, you're unprepared today, I understand. Not much sleep, mm-hmm. bad dreams, COVID brain. Call them nightmares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they do. All right, so shall we begin the begin with the ox story? Yes, good old Ox Eckert. Ox Eckert is the baseball season, the Major League Baseball season started on Thursday, so we thought it might be appropriate to have a yeah. baseball ox story. So, what I did is Ox Eckert is a uh, was a major league baseball player, uh, but Ox Eckert was uh, considered a very very good hitter, and it's interesting because it was based upon one single metric, batting average, and batting average oh. is a metric that is not as popular. Now the more popular um, determination as to the performance of a hitter is on base percentage, which is adds walks and hit hit by pitching. Yeah. But Ox 
Cox holds the record, unofficial because they don't have all complete records, for the uh, for the highest batting average in organized baseball. And it's uh, I guess in, uh, just real quick, it's it, it, he's able to do that because he had this incredible batting average in the minor leagues. Played yeah. very little in the major leagues, so you squish them together and you come up with an average of I think around 367, which is higher than Ty Cobb, because Cobb is known <coughs> for having a batting average around 366 for the majors, but his batting average in the minors was a little bit low, so he kind of brings mm. his number down a bit, and all of a sudden we got Ox sneaking in there. But Ox's story actually starts back close to where you live. Uh, that is correct. You could give us a little background on Ox, and that might be very good. He was so what born, do you got there? Yeah, he was born in Yorktown, Texas, and that's also where he's buried, oddly enough. I say oddly, because you know what he did, John? This guy, what did he do? His family, his family moved from Yorktown to Austin. So he went he to high school. Yeah. yeah, he went to high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin High School, the main high school right. downtown. And uh, yeah, he played around that area, baseball and football. He was better known as a football player in Texas. Right. Yeah. And he was a big guy. Uh, I found the town of Yorktown interesting. Uh, I did a lot of, I did a deep dive into it. It's uh, centrally located in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it used to be when there were prairie schooners and people were traveling across the, across the country to settle, they would go through here. It was in a thorough, uh, kind of a, a southern route, if you will. Mm, people yeah. coming from Louisiana would come over. It's in southeast Texas. It's not mm-hmm. too far east, but it's not, and it's not too far south. It's not to the Gulf. It's a ways, right. a ways from the Gulf, but it's south of San Antonio. Way south of Austin, it's not as far as Houston, and it's not on any of the main thoroughfares or anything. Their big claim to fame is Western Days. They yep. they have a weekend celebration. It started uh, <clears throat> in the 50s, and it's a big deal still. Uh, and it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I It's a nice town. If you've been to Yorktown, you've been to hundreds of other <clears throat> Texas towns. They're just like this with two to 5,000 people in them. And this one has 2,200 people in it. And uh, it's... It looks like a nice town. It looks like a nice place to be born, nice place to die. I wouldn't want to live there. Well, the bottom line is you kind of hit the nail on the head there because you see Ox was born there, and later when he became a ranch hand or had owned his own farm, and after that he actually ended up uh, going back to to, uh, to Yorktown. So yeah. I just he's one of the founding so, families. York, York yeah, and Eckerd were the Eckerd two founders. family, big yeah. time. So uh, you mentioned Ox. Um, his war, you know, you see Ox, you think big, strong, and the bottom line is he's six foot one, weighs probably one eighty five, one ninety. Which you say, well, that's that's pretty normal. And, but actually, back then, it's pretty big. Yeah, uh, he would turn of the century, nineteen hundred. Right? Yeah. So as a result, you you got a guy who football wise, as you mentioned, was more noted in college, particularly for football. Would yeah. be a uh, if he's going to be a running back or a quarterback, which he he was, and uh, he would be considered large for that position. Yeah. And so I think that kind of goes along. Although he didn't get the name Ox until he became a baseball player. That is his correct. His whole career, his whole career in baseball, kind of is a little bit late blooming. He's late when it comes to baseball in college. 
He is in his mid twenties by the time he uh, and he has a slow start with respect to baseball, organized baseball. But he does excel in the thirties. And the thing about which kind of he was never a big major league player for two reasons. He had a very unorthodox way of batting. He, Open he was stance, taking, yeah. Very, his stance was he was taking. He was one of these guys who was taking two steps to first base before he hit the ball. Practically, that's what it looked like. Well, he's a lefty, the, right? Yeah, that's the way you could do that. It's sort of like Ichiro yeah. look, you know, where yeah. he's basically yeah. he's uh, he's on his way to first base and he slapped at the ball. And he's a big guy, didn't have a lot of power, and so the other thing is he was ju- he was he was a a uh, a two way a two way uh, de- poor defensive player. He could neither throw very well or catch the baseball. <laughs> so, so what he would, so if he was going to be in the regular lineup, and this is, he would have been a natural DH. But the fact is, if he's going to be in a lineup, he had to hit. So yeah. he found that the, the brief trials he got in the major leagues, he was not able to show the ability to hit major league ball. So he usually would gravitate down to his, his comfort level at the, the AAA level, Pacific Coast League of American Association, where one year he batted 414. The wow. same year that Joe DiMaggio is supposed to be so great hit a mere 340. Whoa. So Ox was way better than that. <clears throat> wow. So that's the story about Ox, just a solid guy who has his claim to fame in baseball, often o- overlooked. He's more like I would call a cult ball player. Yeah. So, uh, uh, he's called Ox. The, I think the big reason he's called Ox is because his name was Oscar. And they used, right, to call him, right. they used to call him Os, O-S, when he was in college. <laughs> In high school, so you know they figure "os" sounded a little weird. It's a little hard to say. "Ox" is yeah. very easy to say. It's nice. It rolls off the tongue <clears throat> or yes, off the back. You're of your absolutely throat. right. Yeah. Hey, right, do we have so a word? We have a word. The word is vociferous. Ooh. Mm, there's lots of clues here as to what that means. Yeah, uh, vocal. Looks like it's got the word ferocious in it, and it looks like ferocious, it's got vocal yeah. in it. So ferocious, ferocious vocal. That's what yeah. it is. Crying out nos- no- noisily, clamorous. They find vociferous support in attacking outsiders for taking jobs that belong, possibly by divine right, to sons of the soil. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about this. If this would have been my word, I would have left the example blank, and I would have just been hollering and screaming as I read through it and say that. Well, we're lucky. I'm acting it out, acting it out. We're fortunate then that this is my word. Yeah, you you do act out. We are. You you lose your shit in in a word. Yeah, 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 I do. You do. You do. Yeah, you're a little anxious. You're a little tightly wound, but that's okay. That's okay. We've all got something. Yeah. All right, so this came came from a Tanya Allen book. I read a lot of Tanya Allen. She's a good writer. Uh, Most of her stuff is based in in Scotland, British Isles, or UK, uh, United Kingdom, somewhere. England even sometimes. Britain, I should say. But uh, this one's called The Hard Way. Uh, It's it's a long, uh, pretty long book. It's web-based, but they also have it in print uh, in Amazon. So good old Tanya, and that's where I found this. She has a lot of good wo- words for me, anyway, because very often they're you know British in origins, but it's a lot of American words too. She does a, the occasional American story too. She spent time in the U.S. She's like a paratrooper. That's her background. So, anyways, that's that's all I got to say about. Hey, it's enough. It's more than enough. I think it. I think we did it. 
All right, now let's, let's let's get to the main topic. Our oh dear, takes. oh dear. Yeah, this is a this is a troublesome one for me. I'm uh, if you don't mind, I'll get a little start. And what we're yeah. going to talk about is uh, as the vaccinations are you know playing out and people are getting the shots, they they they're anxiously trying to strut their stuff, and for a good reason because we we find that you know they feel comfortable travel, etc. So we got to deal with this thing called medical passports. And this mm. is an evolving thing. We've got this organization that we saw in the states, as it, the United States, as, it, as we talk about getting the shots, is now just continuing forward in a, forward in another form, and that is uh, trying to uh, the authenticity of of the shots now is 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 critical, and people are looking for a way of showing that they've got the shots. So I'm one of these guys. I'm anxious. I want to be able to strut my stuff and show everybody, ha, 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 I got my shot. And I would not say it's a little childish, but I'll let it pass. Go ahead. But uh, so as a result. So let me let me review your position. You want to get this so you can taunt others. Is that right? Well, let's just say that I didn't have to worry about that. Because I found out that I didn't have the the, the yeah. official size and weight and the official in a very quotation marks way uh, means of showing I had the shot like uh, yeah. like uh, you do, Jerry. You've got the you've got the card. So I what's got happening? The CDC is, card. Yeah, <clears throat> he's got the official size and weight CDC vaccination card. So which, Jeff. Yeah, and here I am. I don't have one, and I got mm-hmm. my shots before you guys did. You did. And, so what's happened is we need to realize that the vaccination card is uh, kind of it, it's got a life of its own uh, with respect to being the real deal, because there is nothing else out there. It's sort of like you call the de facto means of uh, a vaccination mm-hmm. identification. Yeah. And and so I found out that my I got my shots through my health provider, which uh, said we believe in your privacy. Therefore, if you want to get some record, what you've got to do is go on the website and print out a piece of paper that shows your whole vaccination record for the last 10 years. And wow. it's just buried with the rest of the shots you've got, like flu and, mm. I don't know, pneumonia, you name it, all that other stuff that the doctor yeah. loves to, you know, put a hole in you, uh, recommends that you get. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, I, I looked into it, and it's amazing the ways in which right now um, – the the whole idea of it being the real deal is being just perpetuated. The FBI is involved, of course, because they're trying because people are say, oh, I, uh, there's fake ones, there's fake CDC cards out there. So just to make it more authentic, you know, what we do is we get the FBI involved in looking for the fake cards, which is fine. Uh, you've also got this idea. Well, it's it, it's so much better than. My means of identification of the vaccination because mm. mine's just a thin piece of paper. You've got a piece of cardboard. Ooh, I do. It's pretty too. And let's make it even better. Let's laminate it. So well, they they recommend piece. sleeves. The CDC recommends sleeves, not laminations. Yeah, I know they do, and that's what yeah. I was going to kind of get to. In oh, fact, sorry. Yeah, don't worry about it. What's funny about it is you can find things not to do, and one of the things they say: don't laminate your card. And here's that's right. And and the reason, well, personally, I believe that it's important not to laminate the card because the card will have a trouble breathing if you laminate it. Wait a minute, is this personification again? 
I don't know. This is this sounds like personification. No, it's personification. How I feel about it. You have an okay. unhealthy. I wouldn't say it's unhealthy, but you have an unnatural a coat on it. Excuse me, a sleeve on it. I think is okay. Basically, yeah. suffocating your card is not good. That's because you feel a great deal of empathy for inanimate objects like cards. Is that true? Yes or no? I, I guess so. I, I just live my I life. I guess so. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, I'm not going to try to describe my, my my behavior. I'm just going to live it out. That's healthy. That's actually healthy. Less anxiety that way. Right? Yeah. So the, the point is that the, uh, and the reason that they say not laminated because they figure there's enough yahoos out there that are going to laminate their card too quickly and they're going to laminate it after the first shot. That's right. Because <laughs> you need to get your second shot and have it recorded on your card. That's right. right. So really, the, the main purpose of the card is to document the first shot so that when you go in to get your second one, you can be a little bit more mobile. You don't have to necessarily go back to the same place. It identifies when you get it, it's the type of shot you're getting, etc. So, yeah. I that was that was, was the first idea. That's a, <laughs> that's what it was initially. But something happened. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's got a life of its own. That's fine. Yeah. And of course, here what here I am, I'm moaning and groaning and whining, and the show is all about solutions. We're not whining. You know what? I don't have a solution. Hopefully, you have one for us because we need one. Okay. Here's the way I believe this is going to play out. Number one, we all know the current state of the United States as regards to agreeing on anything. They don't. It's all regional and political. So no matter what is proposed, you know, half of the country is going to go, no, you can't do that. So what will happen is the way things usually get done. Things will start on a more local level. Like, for instance, here, uh, suddenly Austin has, it seems like it has more vaccine than it knows what to do with. So mm. we have we have like drive-in inoculation centers throughout the city, big ones. We drive you drive your car and you get your shot. Now, what, what's so great about that? Here's what's so great. Here's what's so great. Uh, we went down to Dripping Springs, which is about 20 minutes away, south of Austin, and we got our shots uh, at a really nice place called Martin's. It's a drugstore. And so maybe we would, don't want to drive down there. Maybe we're in town one day on Taco Tuesday, say, and it's around our second inoculation time, which is the 13th of April. And we say, hey, Let's get our second shot at the Burger Center, which is not far away, rather than going to Dripping. All we have to do is produce our card, show it to the guy. He says, good, you're ready for your second shot. Because in Austin, in the area around here, we don't care where you got your first shot. As long as you have your CDC card, you're good. You're good. So that's what the card is for, as it originally intended to be. However, things quickly got out of hand. And now... Now we have an international problem. Go to the other end of the scale. And in the fight to keep COVID from spreading anymore and becoming a variant of itself, they want to know that if you're on an airplane, you've had both shots and the serum has, or the vaccine has had time to incubate for at least 14 days to reach its full antibody strength. So this gets a little tricky. What is the authentic documentation for two shots and the incubation period? That would be a card. And that card right now, the DeFacto card, is the one with the CDC logo on it. So All we got. That, 
Yeah, that's all we have right now. So this is going to, my prediction, Karnak time, my prediction is that this will evolve from localities. It'll go up to regions and states, and then it'll, it'll reach some kind of consensus. You'll see articles in New York Times, the best record keeping, the best approach to documenting vaccinations is found in Austin, Texas. No, it won't say that, but they'll say something like Chicago or mm. Los Angeles or California. And then, and then everybody will start moving toward that. That's what will probably happen. But if you want a solution that is really effective and that would work whether or not you have a smartphone, whether or not you even have pockets. See, I was in Africa for a while and I saw a lot of people with no pockets. If, if you want a solution, the real solution has to be worldwide. It cannot be a U.S. solution. Now, the U.S. can offer some leadership and even funding and help the UN or the World Health Organization or somebody oh. do this, mm. you know, possibly. But mm-hmm. if you really want a foolproof solution, I happen to have it in my hip pocket, John. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I do not believe that carrying around your documentation is either efficient or realistic as a worldwide solution. I think okay. a worldwide solution should, number one, be portable. Number two, be easy to scan by a device. Scan by a device that would then trigger yes or no for whether or not you can go into the building you're about to enter. Like, let's say we want to see the NCAA Women's Basketball Finals in Mm -hmm. San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. Down the road. Well, they want to know that you're not going to spread that you're not going to help the virus become a variant and wipe out the world of humans. So what would it be? I have three possible solutions to this, John. One. Three? How about one? Oh, go ahead. You got your favorite. That works. That works. Go ahead. The really most realistic way to solve this problem is either with retinal scans or fingerprint scans. Okay? Oh. Yeah, Scary. Now, those require a device that you either look into or put your thumb or hand on. Now, those are going to be a little pricey and not quite as easy as my last solution. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Tattoo. Tattoo, good. I, I've been thinking like a something, maybe even some sort of thing you could do on your earlobe that clip it in some way that you could just kind of look at the person and say, oh, oh like we yeah. Did, like we did with cows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like animals. That's a good idea. Could, you know, That's a good idea. Yeah. So, I mean, it's we're animals. Difference, same difference. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, now, we're all Now, this tattoo, I, I ran this by my friend Sarah down in Australia, and she really, she said, you know, tattoos have a bad track record, Auschwitz, etc. I said, oh, yeah. I said, I wasn't thinking of numeric tattoos. I was thinking of QR codes. You know, those those square things full of squiggly lines and blobs yeah. that people use. You put it in front of your smartphone, and it yeah, will then so bring like up a website. Store. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not bars, not barcodes, but the squiggly line things inside a square. So, yeah, oh. those are, yeah, these are, these are foolproof. They're easy to make billions of that are unique. Main thing is it has to be unique. And I wouldn't use a, a traditional, I would not use a traditional tattoo, uh, pen artist to do this. I would, I would build a device that you can slap on someone's 
wrist or somewhere prominent and it does it in about you know less than a minute and it's uh you know you numb it up with something before you do it and put a blister pack over it and say well you know tear off the blister pack after two days you are now tagged sir or ma'am and we can identify you that's that's my solution. I don't think carrying around medical records is uh, a sensible or practical way to do it. I think some unique mark on the body, either through fingerprints, eyeballs, or tattoos, would do the job. That's 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 so me. fingerprints, eyeballs, tattoos. Those are the three. Is that it? And it? Yes, and it would not lead to your medical records. It would only lead to an anonymous record that's only linked to your QR code. That would show okay. whether or not whether or not you can do the activity you're about to do. Get on a plane, go into the Alamo Dome, something like that. See, go to work. I'm, you're going to need them to go to work too. I like your approach. I I was thinking also about uh, how about a com- computer chip yeah, under your skin. Chip. I think uh, one of the problems with that is people would wonder: Are they going to track me? Are they going to track me? Yeah. 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 They're going to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They will. They will. Yeah. So oh. anyway. Yeah. Is there any solution to this? I was thinking about it with respect to DNA. That basically something that would allow you to just scan DNA, something. Uh, yeah. DNA. Is DNA uh, unique? Isn't it? It's very unique. Very unique. Except. That if you're a twin, or except, and also DNA is very similar between family members. So, and also, it's not, it's not quick. Differentiate, huh? It's not quick. There's not. So a we got to have something test. quick, easy, non non high tech. See, that's my take mm. on it. A lot of people go, "Oh, we'll just put this on smartphones." Fine. Yeah, leave out all the people in the world who don't no, have smartphones. No, that, that's economically in, in the, the yeah. that's disparity at the in a financial that's level. Well, that's bad. That's elitist. That's elitist. And yeah, we got we're doing enough of that already. We don't need to continue doing that. That's why I look sure. at that. Sure, um, sure. So, okay, well, okay. that's all. That's all I got, John. Is that all? That's enough. That's more. I than think enough. it's enough. You've done. I think you've done your job. I think we need two groaners now to close it out. Okay. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauter, Jr. Uh, there's a saint sometimes put in the front of his name, uh, commonly referred to, though, as the Saint Coach. Oh, wait a minute. It's Saint Vincent or it's the Coach. Okay, I got yeah, it. No, not and both. so as a result, uh, Vince provides us with a uh, – Saint Vincent provides us with uh, several groaners every every week. We, we mm. fully appreciate it, and he's come through in the clutch, as he always does, with some really outstanding stuff. So here we go. Why, and this is an oldie but goodie, I think, why are accountants afraid to go outside? Why are accountants afraid to go outside? I don't know, John. It's a cruel world out there. Oh, cruel accounting. World okay. There. I'm trouble pronouncing it, but I think I did reasonably well since you, you got did. it. You did. So. Nonprofits are, are often a cruel, use, rather than cash See, accounting, the problem is cruel that accounting. It, it says it's... A cruel world out there. Now, if you decide to put it's an a cruel world out there, well, it's yeah. really a cruel world, so therefore it's not the A, it's a C, so therefore the A should be there rather than the an. So rather than uh, losing sleep over it, you just leave the uh, the A or an out, and it works. Okay. That's uh, oh, that's okay. that's part of why I had trouble sleeping last night. I just thought... You know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. Go ahead, John. Here's the second one. 
Why do you call a, what do you call a railroad apprentice? What do you call a railroad apprentice? I, once again, I do not know. A trainee. Oh man, that was right in front of me. Right yeah, of me. I, I, I don't know what I could have done to tee it up any better. Maybe, uh, I, I'll work on that. I think I could have, because I, I was really, I left it, I left the second one out there for you. I thought it was a meatball, but apparently it slid by you. Well, Unless they had too much stuff on it, like too much condiments yeah, or something. That, that train ran right <laughs> over me. <laughs> I got run over my train. Let's just say that you need to become an apprentice and then you'll maybe learn that you are a trainee. <laughs> Thank you, John. You're very helpful. <laughs>